Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. A little later than usual, but life happens. So, AFC Championship and NFC Championships, done. We now have our Super Bowl, Bengals versus the Rams. Going to talk about those conference championship games and make my pick for the Super Bowl. Also, going to talk a little bit about the retirements of Big Ben and Tom Brady. Take a look back at their careers. Also, going to talk about some head coach hirings and what now has led to the Brian Flores lawsuit in the NFL. Going to talk a little bit about that. And also, got MLB lockout to talk about. Also, the NBA All-Star starters have been announced, as well as the reserves being announced later tonight as this podcast is being recorded. All right. Let's get started. All right. First of all, congratulations to the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs on great years, but y'all fell just a little bit short. And congratulations to the Bengals and the Rams on making it to the Super Bowl. Let's talk about these championship games real quick. Let's start with the early one, the AFC Championship game between the Chiefs and the Bengals. And that first half looked really good for Kansas City. And the way it looked in that first half, it looked like what everybody thought was going to happen outside of Cincinnati. The Chiefs absolutely dominated that first half. At one point, they they were up 21-3 until Cincinnati scored a touchdown late in that second half to make it 21-10 going into the half. And then the second half came out, and then the Bengals slowly started chipping their way back into the game, and they scored 24 points before the Chiefs sent it, back, sent it overtime with a field goal. And I'll be honest, I was kind of confused of what the heck was going on in that final drive for the Chiefs in regulation. I mean... They had a whole minute to go, and they were inside. I believe I believe they had it first and goal at one point with a minute to go. I thought the Chiefs actually were going to put this game away, but then some weird decisions, play calls, bad sacks taken by Patrick Mahomes, who did not play well at all in that second half, might I add. Just they ended up sending it to overtime anyway, but in overtime – the Chiefs won the coin toss, right? And we thought, oh boy, here we go again. Chiefs saved by the coin. No. Cincinnati was able to force a turnover, get the ball back to Joe Burrow, and that Bengals offense, who could not be stopped in the second half of that game by that Chiefs defense. I don't know what happened to the Chiefs defense the past couple of, The Chiefs defense has been weird all year long. And this is a bad time to go to revert to your first half selves. Joe Burrow led the drive down to the deep in the Chiefs' territory. Joe Mixon, they could not stop the run. Chiefs could not stop the run for whatever reason in overtime. Instead of Evan McPherson, who's been fantastic this postseason, kicked the field goal, won the Super Bowl. Well, not won the Super Bowl. Maybe. Who knows? But sent the Bengals to the Super Bowl. Now, this has been a Cinderella story like we haven't seen in a long time. In the NFL, Bengals, they won the AFC North. They were, they were cool. I was like, okay, cool, they won the North. 
in a year where the Browns and Ravens are all banged up and Pittsburgh's not that great. They won the North. Then they beat, then they got the Raiders. Like, oh, okay, you beat the Raiders. That was supposed to happen. Then they went on the road and beat Tennessee. In a game where they gave up nine sacks and still won that game. And everybody in the mother thought, oh, you're not going to get away with that against Kansas City. No way. Ain't no way. That's not going to happen. They just went into Arrowhead Stadium. Took the early punch from the Chiefs in the mouth. Went down 21-3. Came all the way back. Bengals defense played like they had to play against Kansas City. They got turnovers, including one in overtime that gave the Bengals a chance to win this game. The Bengals might not have been the most talented team going into the playoffs, but they're the ones that have been making the plays when they needed them to make plays. Joe Burrow's been fantastic this entire postseason. The receiving core has been great all year with Chase, Higgins, Tyler Boyd. All been great. Now they're heading to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs. Ugh. This is your last year of Patrick Mahomes being cheap. <laughs> Starting next year, that half a billion dollar contract comes into play. And now you have some decisions to make. Because you got a lot of key free agents. And a lot of guys need to be signed over signed in the offseason. You got a lot of, got a lot of guys are getting older, including your two best offensive weapons in Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey. A lot of answers, Doobie. A lot of answers. A lot of questions to be answered. But again, congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals. They're going to the Super Bowl. Now, on to the NFC Championship game 49ers and the Rams. The Rams, well, they did what they made people thought they were going to do. And that's host a Super Bowl this year in their home stadium. They won 20-17 against a 49ers team that this team could not beat worth anything at all. Up to this point, Kyle Shanahan's head owned Sean McVay up to this point. They all know it. And, well, not this time. Not this time. Everybody at that point... Always was trying to figure out how the hell San Francisco was still in the playoffs at that point. And in the first half of that game, they were showing you why. Great defense in the first half by by the 49ers. They're up by they're up by 10 heading into the fourth quarter. And it looked like they had might have a chance to pull off the upset. They they might have pulled up they they were close to pulling off the impossible. Carrying Jimmy Garoppolo to a Super Bowl. But, in the end, the talent of the Los Angeles Rams took over. Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, Matt Stafford, Aaron Donald. Those guys were fantastic the rest of the way. Cooper Cup and OBJ both had great games individually. Cooper Cup had like 11 receptions for 142 yards, 2 TDs, and OBJ... The haters are mad about this one. Yes, score no touchdowns, but nine receptions, 113 yards. He did his job. He did what he needed him to. 
Matthew Stafford did what he needed to do. The reason that he did the reason he had to, he, he did everything the Rams needed to do, and what they he did what they gave up. All that capital, they gave up all that capital for Matt Stafford, and he got the job done. They go into the Super Bowl. Matt Stafford finished thirty-one for forty-five, three hundred thirty-seven yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. And he's heading to his first Super Bowl after all those years being stuck in Detroit. As for Jimmy Garoppolo, he's not going to be in the San Francisco 49ers uniform next year. He was okay in this game. 16 for 30, 232 yards, two TDs, and an interception that ended up being really dumb that ended the game. But Jimmy Garoppolo in this game had throws that he missed badly, badly in this game. He made some pretty good throws too, but he made a lot of throws at the same time that just like weren't it. And weren't it. And it's going to be safe to say that next year we will be seeing Trey Lance as the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers unless something drastically changes in the offseason. Jimmy Garoppolo will not be the the quarterback in San Francisco. Now, the Rams, they did what they're supposed to do when they acquired all that talent. From Vaughn Miller to OBJ to Matthew Stafford, they they did what they had to do. They got to the Super Bowl. Now, the question is, can they finish the job? Here's where I make my Super Bowl pick. The Bengals. I've been a team that has been a Cinderella story all year long. People have been doubting them all year long. And then you got the Rams. Team that has been, has all the talent. All the star power and home field advantage. Possibly, I don't know. They're I don't think they can block tickets from 49ers fans like they can't Bengals fans like they 49ers fans, but there we are. So we'll see how we'll see how the stadium looks when the game begins. But there's just one weakness on the Bengals I just can't overlook with this team. The only reason I'm not going to pick Cincinnati to win the Super Bowl and ride the bank Joe Burr wave is that offensive line. I just can't. In that Chiefs game, Joe Burrow didn't get sacked, but good Lord, he had to run for his life multiple times in that game. And he had to break a couple tackles from Chris Jones and all those other pass rushers on the, on the Chiefs. But you can't convince me that Joe Burrow right now is going to be able to get away, get out of an, get out of a tackle from Aaron Donald or Von Miller and all those other great pass rushers that the Rams got. You just can't convince me otherwise. I believe that if the Rams win the Super Bowl, I'm going to say it right now, Aaron Donald is going to have at least three sacks in that game. And if the Rams do win that game, he's going to win Super Bowl MVP. But at the same time, I do not know how the Rams' defense offense is going to click in this situation. Matthew Stafford's going to be here for his first time, but he's been here for 13 years. When it's all said and done, though, I'm going to take the Rams to win the Super Bowl. I think that I think that defensive front's going to be too much for the Bengals' offensive line. Joe Burrow's going to make some plays, but at the end of the day, 
And that Rams defense is going to be a little too much. I'm real glad just to see something different, though, at the end of the day. Rams versus Bengals. Who would have thought, right? But I still got the Rams win the Super Bowl. And Bengal fans, don't get mad at me. Trust me. I don't want the Rams to win. I'm a Seahawks fan. <laughs> I don't want that. But I still got the Rams win this game, unfortunately. But if y'all win, I win either way. Let's hope for a good game in on the 13th of February. All right, so NBA All-Star week is ahead. And the All-Star star has been announced. And a little bit of a side note. At the time of recording on this video, uh, podcast, not video, podcast, we have the All-Star Reserves have been announced as well. I got that written down. So, I'm just going to give my thoughts real quick. In the Eastern Conference, the starters are Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, DeMar DeRozan, and Trey Young. Pretty obvious. I have no problem with that. The reserves are in the East are Jimmy Butler, no surprise there. Darius Garland, absolutely. First time All-Star, and I agree with 100%. He's been fantastic this year. One of the biggest reasons why the Cavs are top five in the East right now. James Harden, no duh. Zach Levine, no duh. You could have argued him or DeRozan be a starter in the All-Star game this year. Chris Middleton, he's he's been pretty quiet this year, but he's still putting up fantastic numbers. Jason Tatum, no duh. And then we got Fred VanVleet from the Toronto Raptors, who has been playing fantastic basketball all year long and has helped the Raptors stay relevant in the Eastern Conference playoff chase. Now, do I have an issue with these starters? Absolutely not. You could argue guys like Jared, like Jared Allen could also be here. He probably might get in if, they're inju- if there's an injury problem. Like I know Durant's probably not going to play in the All-Star game. One of these guys is probably going to step in as a starter and – We'll probably see Jared Allen in there. So there's that. So I really have no issue with this all-star lineup at all. If I had to, if I had to vote for other, if I had to vote for everybody more than the starters, all these names I just listed for the Eastern Conference probably would have gotten my vote. Now to the now to the West. The starters are LeBron James. No kidding. Jokic. E gas. What a surprise. John Morant. Yeah. <laughs> Steph Curry, duh. And then Wiggins? Andrew Wiggins? I mean, he's done okay as the third option on the team. But really? Andrew Wiggins? He's put up 18 points this year with about Six rebounds and maybe a few assists sprinkled in there, roughly. Uh, I, can't, I can't complain. He's been good this year. He's been a great second or third option all year long for the Warriors, but I'll be honest. This is my only issue I've got with all the All-Stars this year. Because even in the West Reserves, I'll talk about them in a minute. I agree with those guys, but I don't know about Wiggins being a starter, man. Like, Sure, I would I would have been mad if he was a reserve, but a starter? I mean, me personally, I would have put in Carl Anthony Towns over Wiggins just due to the fact that Carl Anthony Towns has put up better numbers and he's got the Timberwolves as the top six seed in the Western Conference, I believe, last time I checked. But that's just me. 
But yeah, the reserves are Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, who probably won't play due to injury, but we'll get there. Donovan Mitchell, CP3, and Carl Anthony Towns. Again, I got no problem with the reserves for the Western Conference. All these guys got – I think Booker got Booker got my vote as a starter in the, in the All-Star game. But, and, uh, yeah, Donovan Mitchell got my vote as a starter in the All-Star game. So, I'll take care – that's fine with me. I have no complaints. It's going to be interesting to see who they replace Draymond Green with because he's out with an injury. So, yeah, I really have no issue with these starters in the East and – other reserves in the East. In the West, the only issue I have is Wiggins as a starter. But other than that, I really don't have an issue. Everybody's going to have one guy say, oh, he shouldn't be here. Then who are you going to replace him with? Me? I'm putting Cat over Wiggins as a starter in the All-Star game. But other than that, I really got no complaints at all. But, yeah, it's going to be a fun night. All-Star week is weekend only a few weeks or what, two weeks away now? Looking forward to a good show. We'll see if Team Durant can finally beat Team – somebody beat Team LeBron. I'm pretty sure Team LeBron is 4-0 in All-Star Weekend since the captain's thing has been a thing. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, and who knows? Maybe some of these players will be playing for the same team in a few weeks. NBA trade deadline is going next next Thursday, actually. Yeah, next Thursday. Is the NBA trade deadline, and that should be interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah, those are the All Stars. Got no complaints. A little confused about the Wiggins thing, but it is what it is. And for an MLB update, there is no update. Um, the lockout has continued. The MLB has told the MLB Players Association that they will make a counteroffer to the offers made in their last talks a couple days ago. And um, at this point, it's starting to become a joke. (laughs) We're at a serious part now where spring training is supposed to start in a couple weeks and barring a major, major miracle in negotiations, we are not probably going to get spring training on time. At all. And it sucks. It really does because players need spring training. They do. I remember in 2020 where we didn't really exactly have spring training in the COVID year and players were injured left and right. It just didn't work out well at all. And I don't know what to say at this point, man. When it comes to the MLB and this lockout, it's really getting annoying. And it sucks. We, the fans, really do not deserve this at all. There's just greed on both sides of the ball. Things they just, for some reason, they can't agree to. And it's getting to the point where the MLB has requested a federal mediator to come in and for these negotiations. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. MLB is making billions of dollars a year. Players are making a crap ton of money. And, well, I just, ugh. I don't know, man. We are at a, I'm at a point where I'm just getting annoyed. Uh, it is what it is. And to anyone out there 
who is worried that baseball is not going to start on time, there is college season coming up soon. And I'll say this right now. College baseball is lit. If you've never been to a game live, you should. I went to a few last year. It was amazing. Got to saw some great games between Vandy and Tennessee, Arkansas and Tennessee last year. Those were some fantastic baseball games, and it was a lit environment. Outstanding environment. So if you haven't been to a baseball game at the college level, you should go. Especially if you really want to get your baseball experience, because I don't know how long this broadcast is going to last. And it's starting to look like college baseball might be the only baseball we get for the foreseeable future. Unless something changes soon. Come on, guys. The fans don't deserve this. At all. All right. Go talk about some head coaching hirings in a second. Right now. So, the Bears have hired defensive coordinator from the Colts, Matt Eberfuss. I believe that's how he pronounced his last name. Eberfuss? They hired him from the Indianapolis Colts. They had a pretty good job with that Colts defense this year. They were another leading turnover, one of the leaders in turnovers this year. The Giants hired offensive coordinator from the Bills, Brian Dabble, and the Broncos were hired offensive coordinator from the Packers, Nathaniel Hackett. Okay, okay. They're okay hires. I'm not really sure about the Nathaniel Hackett call. He's not the one calling plays in Green Bay. He he was just the guy there. I know Matt LaFleur called the plays there, so there's that. Brian Dabble, yes, he did a great job at the Bills offense. I'll give him that one. And I don't really no, I really can't make a judgment on Matt Everfuse. It is what it is. Now, the thing I want to get into next is the Brian Flores lawsuit. Because... He is suing two of the three teams I just listed. He's not suing the Bears. I don't think he had an interview with the Bears. And if he did, it must have been a good interview. Um, the uh, Brian Flores lawsuit is suing the Dolphins, the Broncos, and the Giants. And he's claiming that there have been some racist hiring practices in the NFL over the years, which there have been some instances that there have been. I'm not going to lie. There are some hit coaching jobs that kind of make, huh, you're hiring this guy? But didn't really think too much of it now. But it was a heads. I do think it's going to be hard for him to win this lawsuit against the Broncos and the Giants. Of course, the Bill Belichick text with him talking about him congratulating Brian Flores about the Giants job and Flores didn't get the Giants job is actually Brian Dabble I don't know what to think of this man I really don't there's also he's also claiming that he refused to bribes to lose games in Miami and refused to tamper with another quarterback under contract which I give him props for that that is nonsense and I hope if it is true that Dolphins get called out on that, and they get punished for it because that is nonsense. But it's still sad that he got fired in the first place from Miami. If anyone is anything, if he has a chance to beat any of these three teams in that lawsuit, it is Miami. 
Yes, he went 24 and 25 in three seasons in my in Miami. The two winning seasons did make the postseason, but with the roster he had, which wasn't the greatest mm-hmm. roster in the world to begin with in the first place, not that great. Um, he had to deal with Tua for two years, who isn't that great of a quarterback. Absolutely got ignored when the, the Sean Watson rumors came out that he wanted to go get Deshaun Watson, and the and front office said no. And yeah, I just I don't understand that at all. But still, I don't think you should fire a guy for winning. And if that is the case, and he got fired for doing his job too good, then yeah, then you could definitely say, oh, okay, that's something a little fishy there. Um, I'm not an expert when it comes to these type of matters at all. I don't claim to be. I'm not a political scientist or political expert or game. Say I'm an expert at this thing at all, but my opinion, just to give my opinion on it, Brian Flores did the right thing with this lawsuit. He did. I mean, if his claims were true, and the NFL finds that the Dolphins and the Broncos and the Giants did put make the decision to not hire Flores because of, you know, his skin color, then that then yeah, it will definitely prove what everybody people have been saying about the NFL for years about systematic racism and all that. But we'll just have to wait and see, see how this whole play whole thing plays out. I do think he'll win a couple lawsuits, and I'm hoping, hope for some of these teams. I hope he, hope he does for the, his case too. He's putting a lot, he's putting a lot on the line right now with this, and I commend him for it. He's done, he's a good coach. He definitely deserves another ch- chance. I, I'm still hearing he's in the run for the Texans job. I heard he's a finalist with Rich Gannon, the defensive coordinator of the Eagles, and. Josh McCowan? What? 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 Okay, maybe maybe he's on to something. <laughs> uh, okay, seriously though, how is Josh McCowan a finalist? Two established coaches and a quarterback that... Okay, no. And I also know he's in the running for the Saints job too. He's in the running for the Saints job too. But I do think he will be a head coach again. And honestly... I hope he wins a couple of these lawsuits. I really do. Good luck to Brian Flores in the future. Hopefully he gets another job somewhere. Hopefully he gets a little justice for his firing. And, yeah. That's pretty much all I'm going to say about the Brian Flores thing. I'll probably do another update when we get more news about this. I know the Bronco. I know John Elway and the, the Dolphins. And John Elway and the, Dol- and the Broncos and the Giants and Dolphins have all made statements and whatever, but I don't have time to read all those. I read the Dolphins and the Giants one. It's like, okay, you really held him up to the 11th. You really just considered him up to the 11th hour, but you fair Brian Dabble. Okay, cool. Broncos one was a little more wild, though, because I know Brian Flores claimed that John Elway and all of them showed up to the interview hungover, which is very Bronco like, Broncos like for whatever reason, but <laughs> uh, 
A part of me is hoping that's not true, but if it is true, Jesus Christ, what the hell's wrong with the Denver front office? And then the Dolphins won. The Dolphins won seems the more likely the losses he would win. But that's enough about that for now. I'll, uh, maybe something will come by next week. We'll see how it goes. Like I said, good luck to Brian Flores, and hopefully we all get the answers we want to hear. And to wrap up this podcast, I just want to talk about the GOAT, Tom Brady. First of all, I wasn't going to talk about Tom Brady this week. I had no plans to. I had more plans to talk about Ben Roethlisberger. He retired first, so. But the Tom Brady news kind of really shook me. It really did. (laughs) I was not expecting it. There was talks about it, but I didn't think it was going to actually happen. So before I want to get into Tom Brady, let's talk about Big Ben. Just to be fair, he retired first last time I recorded, last time I recorded a podcast. So let's talk about that. Big Ben finished his career with pretty good, pretty good career. He won a few Super Bowls, two of them to be exact. Went to another one, lost that one to the Green Bay Packers. And he's probably one of the most beloved figures in Pittsburgh. Yes, I know he had his mistakes early on in his career with the SA cases. But if we're talking strictly football, he was all right. He was pretty good. Not the most lockable guy in the world. But still, football-wise... He had one heck of a career, and that's all I gotta say about his football career. Say all you want about his off the field, all the off the field stuff. Yes, that was pretty fucking bad. But on the field, nothing more you can say about that. Now, on to Tom Brady. What can you really say about Tom Brady? Tom Brady was a guy you always expected to be in the running for a Super Bowl year in and year out. And throughout my childhood, through my young adult ages, and now here I am in year 22 of my life, and this could be the first time I'm saying this. I'm probably going to miss Tom Brady. Never thought I'd hear myself say that, but. This man, Tom Brady, has given us so many memories over the years. Not all of them good. Trust me, I know. Super Bowl 49, not really a great memory for me, but so many memories over the years of a neutral football fan. If you think about a neutral, non-partisan football fan, he's given you so many memories over the years. Back in 07, when he first, when he, all the un, almost undefeated season, you put up, he put up numbers that not many quarterbacks put up until, of course, Peyton Manning did in 2013, and then, yeah. And, of course, remember when he first came in into the NFL. Not the guy never expecting to do anything. And then he got his one chance. He got his chance when Drew Bledsoe went down with that injury. And the rest was history. And then, of course, we always know the 28-3 comeback in the Super Bowl against the... 
Falcons, and I got a story about that Super Bowl that I, always, that I stick with to this day. Um, the day of Super Bowl 51 was not a day I like to remember. Prior to the Super Bowl, I was working at my first ever job as a dishwasher, and I got to start working a double. And at that point, I was furious because I had a feeling I was going to miss a lot of the Super Bowl. And it was a really busy day. I was having a rough day. I think I was like one of the last people to leave that night. It was, we closed from the early shit because I didn't. I let, well, I didn't wasn't the last one to leave, but I was one of the last early people to leave because I asked to work a little later. I left around like nine o'clock that day, and I got home around nine thirty because I had to walk back to my house. I remember, I believe I had to, I walked back, and I got back, and it was the second half of the Super Bowl. I know, I knew the score was 28-3 by the time I let it work, because one of my, my boss told me that day, but I was like, okay, I was like, oh, really, and the Super Bowl's not even that good, I have nothing to go forward to, but I got home, I was in a, ma- I was in a, okay, I was in a bad mood. I sat down and watched the rest of the Super Bowl. I was like, okay. At least I get to watch Tom Brady lose. That would be my day for me. But, and then, we, I finally sat down and watched the game. Then Tom Brady started working his magic. It's like, oh my god. He might actually do this. And then the game went to overtime. I was, I, at that point, my mood was sky high. I was like, okay, thank god. At least the Super Bowl will save my, save my day. And then, of course, you know, Tom Brady got the ball and won the game. I was like, Jesus. I've seen this man do this many, 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 many times. And it still never gets old. And I ended the day on a high note watching that game. But of course, there was a lot of days where I'm like, <laughs> a lot of days arguing this with my dad about how good Tom Brady really is. I don't know why. Every time I talk talking football, Tom Brady always gets brought up. Whether was it really that good? Did he have a lot of help in his career? What was it the right opportunity? Would he have been good anywhere else? Well, he proved it when he went down to Tampa Bay. Still is pretty good. And now we know that this was his last season. He put up MVP-type numbers in his final year. MVP-type numbers. I ask and I ask all you people that grew up watching Michael Jordan in the eighties and nineties. Was is this how Michael Jordan felt when you retired? I know a lot of people didn't like Michael Jordan because he played against them, but it was still so much respect for the man. And then when he retired, it just felt weird. And for the past few weeks, I've had to digest it. For days, I've been able to digest this the retirement. I was like, this feels weird. This feels absolutely weird. We're not going to see Tom Brady anymore. And. Shit. His football career was pretty much as old as me. <laughs> he played for 22 years. I'm 22 years old. So. I've had the privilege to watch the GOAT growing up and play. So. I've always grew up saying. I wish I saw Michael Jordan play. I wish I saw the GOAT play. But. I think this is God's way of saying. Okay. 
here you go. Here's Tom Brady. There's your goat. You, there's your goat to watch. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> and I enjoyed every second of it. Well, not every second. Super Bowl 49, I did not like it. But other than that, a lot of fun moments. A lot of fun moments to watching Tom Brady. Rooting against him, rooting for him. It is what it is. Tom Brady is going to get missed. It's going to be missed in this league by a lot of people. And all for you Patriots fans who are complaining that he didn't mention you in his retirement letter, grow up, please. Grow up. Like, he gave you six Super Bowls. He doesn't have to say nothing. Y'all lucky to even have it. And yet, I can't help wonder. What would have happened to Drew Brees? Bloodstone never got hurt. That's always going to be the question stuck in my mind. But it doesn't matter. He is what, he's an example of what happens when you get your opportunity. Man got an opportunity to be great. When he had no chance to be great. He took it, ran with it, never looked back. Get everything he got every day. Yet on the field. Tom Brady, congratulations on your retirement. Enjoy your time with your family, man. The young and the young people will hold it down for you. Still, it's so weird now. Every quarterback I've watched growing up my entire life is just gone. From both Mannings to Breeze to Brady. Oh, even Big Ben, Phillip Rivers. It's so weird, man. How does a how does a forty four year old man retire and make me feel old? How does that work? All right, I'm done talking about this. I, I'm I'll see y'all in the next episode, next week's episode. I'm out. <laughs> Jesus.